Welcome to the Shoot the Breeze podcast with your host Vinny, Rob and Nello. This podcast contains strong language throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 93 of the Shoot the Breeze podcast. Um, 93 lads, fuck me. 93, 93. episodes of us talking shy. 93. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we didn't have a podcast last week, did we? We did not. We did not have a podcast last week. No, we did not. No. Yeah. So, apologies for that. We're we're gonna start. We're gonna try do this thing where like we uh, we record like two podcasts a week, um, just to cover ourselves because yeah. obviously, as uh, <laughs> I'm not mentioning the c word, right? But as our country reopens and things start happening and people become busier, and we're yeah. coming into some good weather. Although speaking. The past couple of days have been fucking dog shit. <laughs> it has been like I've been caught out in two like hail showers, like, and I'm like, what the fuck, like, yeah, out of nowhere, out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it's mental. So, but as the weather's going to be getting better, so we're going to start recording two podcasts a week. Uh, one will be our kind of usual format of a podcast, uh, which. Was kind of talking about current affairs and a bit of sport and whatever. Um, yeah. And then we'll each week, each kind of the second week, let's say every every second week will be a podcast on a su- on a subject. Like you know, we'll have either something to do with music, movies, TV, or sports. Like you know, but it'll just be a kind of deep dive episode. Uh, yeah. So that is going to start from next week. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully. In doing this, we'll we'll ensure that we won't miss a week. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Well, unless we, we unless we miss the week. week. Yeah, unless we <laughs> miss the week where we're going to record two. <laughs> but, but we love uh, all of you guys who are listening to us. And we thank you for yeah. all your listenership. Yeah, exactly. We appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, right. So let's get let's crack on. Um Leinster. Got fucking booted out of the Heineken Cup. We lost to La Rochelle. Um, Surely yeah, that, make... Vinny, huh? that must make his stock go up massively. Now. Ron O'Gara. Yeah, O'Gara. He's yeah, the manager like... of La Rochelle. Yeah, oh. he's like everybody was playing onto this, being like, oh, Ron O'Gara, you know, he knows the inside of Lencer. It's like he hasn't played rugby in like nine years. No, and so he hasn't played against Leinster in nine years, and like the coaching ticket has completely changed. Although there's there is, there'll be a couple of players that are like the same. He's been out of Irish rugby in general, like you know. So like yeah. this whole thing that he he would have Leinster's playbook or whatever is utter nonsense, or have any sort of insider knowledge, like is utter nonsense. And yeah, I think he's just. He's been well trained. Like he was with Racing, and he was uh, was he with Toulouse as well for a little while. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and he was, he was he was down in New Zealand for a bit as well. Like so, he's well traveled, and he's a coach. Yeah, he's had a great apprenticeship. Like you know, and he's a fantastic player. And yeah, um, and there's been chat of him, like or people chatting, like that he should be offered like the head coach job at Munster, like you know, so that. He can either start there or 
move or join like his fellow compatriot, his fellow Munster player, Paul O'Connell in the Ireland camp, you know, as, as a, as another, as another assistant coach, the Andy Farrell, like uh, in the Irish uh, coaching, yeah. teams, which would be massive as well. Like, you know, he's a great fucking coach. He's got a wealth of experience. Do you not think, it, 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 not oh, think you should cut his teeth a little bit longer and maybe get a couple of, um, like big team coaches and stuff like that, and then not even go in as an assistant coach, but go in as a head coach. Yeah, it, it, well, like, like in saying that, like, like Leo Cullen, who was the head coach at Leinster, he basically went from playing into coaching straight away. Yeah. Like you know, he was playing when he was like forty-five. He looks about fifty. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but but that's what I mean. So he he didn't he his coaching experience. He was kind of like. Trial by fire. Now I, that's I'm doing him a disservice. He's a, he was a, he is he was a fantastic rugby player and and is a very good coach. Obviously, because if you look at Leinster's form in the past two three years, like you know, um, since he's come on board, has been absolutely incredible. And yeah, you can say that like having Stuart Lancaster in there, who was in England head coach for a number of years, and having him as your assistant head coach. Obviously, is yeah, but is really, that's, well, like, that's like someone taking over Barcelona, they don't really have to be that good. Less Leinster were a quality side when Leo Cullen was playing for them, and then he just integrated into that. That's like, well, that's, like yeah. well, that's uh, that's like what Pep done in Barcelona, though, wasn't it? Yeah, you now Pep's a great manager, don't get me wrong, but like you could be an average coach and go to Barcelona and still win the league. Yeah, well, this is this is actually a massive debate within a group of my friends because of Zidane. Because one of the lads says Zidane, if he wins the Champions League, is the greatest manager or up there with the greatest managers of all time. And we were saying Across he, just, the he just jumped into a team that had Ronaldo at the, in the form of his life. Yeah. And they won those Champions Leagues. Like, and it's like literally anyone with a bit of status. Like, don't get me wrong, it's not a case of anyone can do the job because there's a big thing happening in the NBA at the moment as well, where there's a coach come back in to coach three great players. But there's a different style of coaching. You're not trying to learn the ropes. You have to have a, I think, like that, you're saying with Leo Cullen, he had a lot of respect and a lot of weight to throw around that dressing room. So, like, he goes in and you kind of continue on the practices of what's gone before you until you can start establishing your own. Feet, but I think it takes a certain type of character to do that. Like not all people can do that. Not all managers can go into great situations and and keep them winning. It's actually a certain type of character that has to have some. Like Zidane has the fact that he is Zidane. Like you know, Ronaldo's not going to give him shit because he's like, well, when I, I obviously I know he's not still playing for them, but I mean yeah, like, at the time, he just <laughs> throws head into you. Yeah, but no, it's not that. It's like you know the gravity of him as a player, like no one can tell Zidane he's wrong because of what he achieved as a player. You know that kind of way? I, I think it's that kind, of, that kind of respect and character where like you see some players that go into management straight away and they're too young or, or you see like a Lampard at Chelsea where the stature was there but the kids were kind of too young to realistically care who Frank Lampard was. You know? Yeah. Like Benny. the thing about Leo Cullen is he is like... What? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's going on. I don't think Nello can hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, lads. I don't know what happened there. Rob went, then I couldn't hear Vinny. 
don't know. Sorry, like, sorry, you're all back. So, the, for for me, like the thing about Leo Cullen is he's come in, he came in in, I think it was 2015 or 20, 20 it was 2015, but Matt O'Connor, who was the coach before him, like had a terrible track record. Like, you know, like it, it like in turn, like so Matt O'Connor took over from Joe Schmidt. Uh, after Joe left, like and um, and and took the Ireland job, um, and Matt O'Connor came in to the Leinster squad. So you would think that Matt O'Connor would be like given like the fucking golden goose. He's literally been handed Leinster, who had won like two Heineken Cups, like uh, Pro Fourteen, two Pro Fourteens, or whatever. Like you know, they're in flying form. Matt O'Connor came in and. I don't know if they won anything, like uh, like uh, like you know, in terms. Of, I don't think they won any silverware in his time. They might have won a Pro 14 maybe for a Challenge Cup, but nowhere near the success that they had with Joe Schmidt. And then Leo Cullen came in, and he was still had like the hangover for from the matter. Like I think Matter Connor was only around for two years, like, um, mm. and then Leo took over from him in 2015 or whatever. And like, yeah, the first year or so, Lencer were still in that kind of like, they, they had this big, they were on such a high with Joe Schmidt. Then they took a massive dive when Matt O'Connor came on board, stayed down there. Like Lencer were kind of shit for like two or three years. Like not shit, but like they weren't, they were nowhere near the success that they were. Yeah. But now Leo Cullen has literally turned them back up to the success that they had. Now I, now I know we haven't won a Heineken Cup, like we we got knocked out there at the semi final, like against La Rochelle, but won a Pro Fourteen, and they're they're like they're they like Lancer have been on like twenty three match winning streaks, like you know they're on like yeah. their form has been incredible, and they're also on that form when like you could say a lot of the senior players have been in like with the Ireland camp and stuff like that. So yes, Lancer do have an amazing like factory conveyor belt of players coming it's in. It's a like, system. It's a system they have, isn't it? Like, they have yeah. established system. Yeah, yeah. like, they, they like, Lancer have pretty much two full-strength sides, like, you know? They've got, like, the side with all the big name, all the kind of big household name players, like, you know, that play for Ireland. But then they have this other team that, like, play when all those lads are away, and they still have to be doing the business for them, like, you know? And they, and yeah. they are. And that's and like that's why they've got this one pro fourteen, mm. and they've got to the semi final of a Heineken Cup now. Yeah, I know we uh, lost or whatever, but <clears throat> you know, I think Leo has done an amazing job, yeah. and he didn't have any. Fu- so back back to the original point, he didn't have any fucking coaching experience, pretty much. Like you know, mm. whereas like Ron Nogara has got a wealth of knowledge already. Like you know, because he's been yeah. doing, he's been coaching for the past, in some form or another, in the past for the past eight nine years. So. Yeah. I think yeah, if like it's a good time for it's, 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 well, it's I think the money thing as well, and he's got young kids, they're in school in France and whatever, like you know, so he's kind of liking his life over there. So I don't think he's gonna uproot his family to move back to fucking Limerick anytime soon. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't say um, so. Yeah, and definitely. Lads, I've done a strange thing this week. Go on. Um, a very foreign thing to the times that we're in. I, I bought a ticket for a gig. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Yeah, I bought a ticket for a gig. Bought two tickets. Bought a ticket for a gig in October, which I think is uh, me being really, really optimistic. And I bought yeah. a ticket to go and see this fucker playing in Malahide Park. 
next year. When is it next year? June 2022. I know. It's insane. That gig was meant to happen last year. Uh, it's absolutely yeah. insane. Like that gig got yeah. announced in like 2019, and I still haven't fucking played it. Like it's the longest run up to Is this upgraded from the Olympia or something, or is this oh, the original Malahide? Because now I'm afraid I might have bought a ticket, a ticket the first time <laughs> to buy and probably fucking buy another one. Yeah. So <laughs> we we put on with like originally it was to launch the album. We were like we're gonna play like an Olympia theater. And we ended up selling out eight nights there. So then when the whole pandemic thing happened and we had to keep rescheduling eight nights, it, like MCD came to us and they were just like, do you want to do a Malahide Castle? And we'll just transfer all the tickets from the Olympia Theatre. And as much as we'd yeah. love to kind of go and do eight nights in the Olympia Theatre, uh, it, it, it's just a logistical nightmare trying to block book eight nights, especially when the goalposts literally were changing every month. Yeah, like, course, you know, so, yeah, course, yeah. and kind of now trying to book it is just like, it's impossible. So yeah, when, when we got offered the, the opportunity to play Malachi Castle again, like we're just like, yeah, it's a great, like the, the gig we played there two years ago or three years ago, I think was class. So to yeah, kind of do gig. that again, uh, we were like, yeah, definitely. So yeah. Yeah, really so it's for it. <laughs> yeah no. So yeah, we're like, they were they were trying to they were talking about moving it to like September this year, but I think they saw sense in the like the it's basically you're kind of like it's it's you're you're shooting in the dark like nobody has any idea, you know. Yeah, but yeah. So push it you're out better as off you can. to be yeah you're better off to be safe and just go. Twenty twenty two, everything will definitely be back open. <laughs> like everybody will be yeah. vaccinated for sure by then. Like you know and all that sort of stuff and then at least we can have the gig the way we want to have it like you know without kind yeah, of no, totally. looking serious yeah so but yeah that's buzzing yeah. so yeah well, uh, the other ticket I bought is for uh, the, the other ticket I bought is for um, a fella from a Kulak called For Those I Love if anyone has seen or heard yeah. any of his stuff his jawline is like a shovel it's oh, like the yeah. biggest I've- Jawline of all time. He was time. on the Tommy Cannon show. He was. Yeah, he was. He's, yeah. He's, he's a very, poet very kind good. of spoken word artist kind of vibe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, a very, my that's a Rob gig. That. It is a oh, very Rob gig. The, the stuff, uh, Dean, sorry, uh, <laughs> one of our friends uh, worked on a shoot for his latest video, and it's fucking incredible. Like, he's actually, his stuff is deadly. I don't know if anyone outside of Ireland will will pick up on his vibe because it's very Dublin but if uh, yeah. anyone is listening from further field give for those I love a listen and he has the jawline of Marilyn Brando in the Godfather <laughs> no it's like, like it's more impressive than that it's like oh, yeah. Lord Farquaad's jaw like the, the <laughs> like the head shape of your man Lord Farquaad from Shrek like yeah it's it's a very prominent prominent jawline not like me I don't have any jawline I grow this beard so it looks like I have a chin I'm like I go straight from like bottom lip to like up uh, Adam's apple, so I need a beard to kind of <laughs> keep some kind of structure to this face. But yeah, that's that's a bit of optimism. Lads buying tickets for gigs and shit. That is yeah. I'm going to a play. Uh, I'm filming something next month in an empty board gosh theater, so I'm interested to see what that feels like. Um, it probably just feel like a fucking sound check. 
but uh, buzzed. So I'm gonna get to ho- see a whole <laughs> empty, uh, empty theater as well for a bit of crack. So loads of shit happening. Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's yeah. good. All, That's it's good. All feeling good. Yeah, yeah. Just, so, um, it's nice. Yeah, stuff's fair and open. The golf is kind of allowed, like yeah, like they're allowing non-members of clubs to play again and stuff like that as well from next week, which is going to be good. Hopefully, Nello will get out for a game very soon. Oh, Rob, yeah, yes, you play golf as well, so this, we'll, we'll try to get out for a game for sure. Uh, well, like, I can't probably go and play where you play because I'll probably end up in the fucking river or in the bushes all the time. I'm a very shit golf player. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually looking at getting clubs this summer though because I used one of the lads clubs last year and obviously I'm six foot five and the clubs are too small. So I'm yeah, but they weren't his clubs. actual clubs. They were like his. They were like his TV clubs when clubs he was twelve or something. Yeah. 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 But uh, I've actually got to get myself a nice set of clubs um, when I uh, sort all my shit out and yeah. I treat I move yourself. again. Treat myself. Yeah. Set of clubs. Um. Yeah. That's good. Uh, any other sport happening over the weekend? Man City are in Champions League final, is it? Or, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that the first a, time? A record. Yeah. I saw someone today said that Neymar's been in as many Champions League finals as Dua Lipa. <laughs> oh, so yeah, none. <laughs> um, when you hear this stat here, lads, right? I got sent this today. What was on their bench last night? Um, so Manchester City's bench last night was uh, Ake for 50 million Laporte 75 million Cancelo for 45 million Mendy for 55 million Rodrigo cost him 70 Sterling cost him 75 Jesus cost him 32 Aguero cost him 40 and Torres cost him 20 million there was a total on their bench of 462 million pounds yeah, Jesus I know. Christ. And, and Pep was like, ah, it's not about the money. In me holes. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously on the weekend we had the Liverpool United match, which I got myself nice and set up in my gaff, ready to watch it. I hadn't heard any news, hadn't seen anything. <laughs> and I sat down to watch it and it was fucking cancelled or fucking postponed. because Well, it was originally delayed and... Sky were being hypocritical again, saying this is a disgrace. Give football back to the fans while forgetting that they charge people ridiculous on their channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So bad. Uh, so, so yeah. So what? Yeah. What was the crack with that? It was basically this is all just Manchester United fans going mad trying to get the Glazers out, so they like managed to get into the stadium and invade the pitch. Like you yeah, and did, yeah. also... they slashed the copper with a bottle as well. Oh, did they? Nice. I didn't see that. Yeah. So here, quick, quick one. Uh, the, uh, like, uh, are fans allowed back in? Like, or like a limited number of fans back in allowed in for Premier League and and uh, Champions no. League games? No, no but no. they were told uh, the security were told to take a lenient approach to protesters on the weekend. So if they wanted to get into the stadium, they weren't to try. They didn't want to invoke violence, so they tried to stop them. I didn't realize someone actually got hit or no, police officer got. If uh, they smash the glass door to get into the ground, um, right. oh. but I think half were just like, "Well, I'm not getting the head kicked in for this." And then, yeah, fuck they, that, were, like... they were they were throwing balls and fighting at the cops a little bit, and one copper got slip, uh, slip his face got sliced with a broken it's, bottle. But, it uh, is, um, it's it's quite funny though, because like last week they're like, "Oh, you know, Glaze is out." 
United, all this, all this. And then you're seeing like, you know, go on us red men being like, we can buy Erling Haaland for 80 million in the summer. It's like, are you just going to make up that 80 million? Or are you going to go to your Glazers and be like, hey, Glazers, do we have yeah. 80 million to buy this player? It's such bullshit. It's just, I don't fucking, it's all over the gaff, that whole thing. It's all, yeah, it's a shite, shite system. Gary, <sighs> Gary Neville can fuck off. I saw the thing about Gary, ne- Gary Neville, uh, some lad was talking about him, and he owns Salford, him and yeah. Beckham and Nicky Boat and all these lads. And they brought in a multi-billionaire investor. And <laughs> Beckham and Salford are not playing by fair play rules as well. But they're getting all these players. They keep getting promoted every year because they're bringing in all these players and giving them ridiculous wages in League Two. Just so they, they can they can I think they're they're close to getting promoted again three years on the bounce by the looks of it. So Jesus kind of Christ. pot calling the kettle black, like you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's fine when you're it's not in the Premier League, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If like, you're just doing they, on a smaller scale, like you know. Yeah, like the, the quotes like now obviously not verbatim, but the quotes were like, you know. They were trying to rip the soul out of English football. Like, how dare they take it away from the fans and all? And it's like, lads, you work for Rupert Murdoch. Like, what do you, who do you think you work for? Or who do you, like, yeah, oh, it's so hypocritical. Now, it's he just, did make some good points and I agree with them, but it doesn't yeah. mean he's not yeah. profiting from the same. Like, he's on great money in Sky because Sky charge you whatever, 60 euro a month to watch a bit of football. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. Now, they don't me. I get it for free off a box. But <laughs> uh, actually, I'll be having, I'll be, I'll be inquiring about uh, these boxes now in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, moving gaff again, and I intend yeah. to not pay for television. <laughs> They're grand boxes as long as you have got decent Wi-Fi. I had a box and I got rid of it because I don't have decent Wi-Fi. Yeah, but you're in like the 1970s. Like everything is at least 40 years behind you or 50 years behind you. Or you. I know, but I had it for a while and it was good whenever it worked. <laughs> but then it was just, yeah, it's, it was irritating. So I just got rid of it. Um, yeah. yeah uh, El fucking uh, Bill and Melinda Gates have uh, have called it quits. Yeah. That's, um, the eligible bachelor out on the fucking, with his billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, I, and I saw some article in, I think it was the New York Post, maybe it was the New York Times, and they were like, if Bill and, Mil- if Bill and Melinda can't do it, what hope for the rest of us? I was like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> Bill's probably on the spectrum, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that documentary where he was, she was like, oh, I walked into the room before we got, and he was writing out the pros and cons of getting married to her. Yeah, no, you know? yeah, mental. Like. It's that type of at least, I suppose, the thing with, like, the, them compared to, like, the Bezos thing is, like, it's amicable, like, you know, it kind of seems to be a bit amicable, like, so, like, she'll probably still get half, or maybe she won't, I don't know, because, like, Microsoft was, like, established before they were a thing, like, uh, where they, they, like, they, they give, uh, they've got massive charities, like, they'll probably just consider oh, yeah, well, they have, like, their the money Bill to charities. Foundation, like, they've already given away, like, they've already pledged to give away, like, they're... They've got three kids, and each kid is getting ten million dollars. Like the guys were worth one hundred and thirty-eight billion dollars. Yeah, but what the so fuck? So three gonna kids are going to get ten million when he dies, and then the rest of it is give is is all to be given to charity. Like, yeah, yeah but like, I'm sure the kids are probably independently fucking billionaires themselves at this stage because of their education and everything else. So, like, yeah, her, her, yeah, her, and, yeah. Bill, her and Bill both 
so uh, started that whole signing up billionaires to give away all their wealth. Um, yeah. So I'm sure they will probably go 50-50 with the money. Yeah. They're, so all yes. their money, they're still going to work together on that Bill and Melinda thing. They're just not going to be sleeping in the same room. That's all. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, so, so lads, this Saturday night, uh, our Lord and Saviour is going on Saturday Night Live to drive cryptocurrency through the fucking roof and to the moon. Mr. Elon Musk oh, well, is going to uh, be on. Oh, Elon, is he? Elon's going on SNL, yeah, and he's going to be hosting. And apparently, like, there's a massive rush for that Dogecoin. And it's either like it's going to absolutely fall to bits when he stands up and goes on the show and just like, it's 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 gone crazy over there, that fucking Doge thing. That, that so, went yeah. from 40, 40 cent the coin. Now, let's take it as context. When that Keep first that. came two years ago, that was 0. 0. 0.002 or 0. 0.02 of a coin per coin. And now it's 65 or 67 cent today. And it was yeah. 70. Like, that is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's mental. You can't, like, it's, where can you get it? Like, like it's a, does Coinbase support it? Or I know Revolut, those, does support. Uh, yeah, Revolut doesn't do it, so I couldn't get any of it. But it's it's all propped up. Like, it's we like three of us talk about it, which means realistically, it's really all propped up on nothing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's the same. Like, so it, it, it's it's gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen with it, but it's gas. Like, it, like, because it. I texted you last week, like the, the fucking arse fell out half the shit, and then this week it's back up again. It makes no sense. No. <laughs> like, it makes yeah. no sense. I was, to, to see. I was chatting to a, uh, an accountant friend of ours, and uh, and he was just like, he was like, yeah, it's like the cryptocurrency thing is all a bit fucking mad. He was like, there's no real value in buying Bitcoin anymore because it's so fucking expensive, like, you know? And he yeah. was like, Ethereum is kind of getting to there as well like you know there's kind of no but at the same time like if ethereum at the moment is trading like under three thousand euro at the moment like it's definitely going to be worthwhile because bitcoin was trading at around three thousand euro and now it's up to like 50 so if ethereum goes from three <laughs> up to 50 then it's definitely fucking worthwhile yeah. but, uh, he, well, he was saying <laughs> ethereum will probably only goes possibly as high as 10 grand a coin they don't think yeah, it's going to go as high as Bitcoin. Now, they, they keep saying Bitcoin's not going to hit 50,000. They're going to hit 60,000. just keeps fucking breaking it. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it kind <laughs> of keeps going up I, and down. I don't Here's understand how it's attained, though. It's like... His point was saying, like, you know, he goes, you're better off. He was like, instead of buying, like, the two big major ones, either Bitcoin or Ethereum, he was just like, just go buy loads of, like, the smaller ones that are all, like, 10 cent and 50 cent and stuff like that. And he was just like, if you buy, like, a couple of hundred of them, like, you know, yeah. One or two of them are bound to like, yeah, probably like three of them will fail, but fucking one might make it, and then if it makes it, it's gonna make back all your losses that you lose They're on like the rest. Little of them. parasites, though, like they literally just like all these little ones are just you know for some reason they exist, and did you see like the environmental impact of it? The mining. Oh, stop! It's massive. It's like, fucking it's crazy. Yeah, it's explain crazy. that. Explain that because I don't so understand. The- so the energy it takes to power the computers that mine it. Now, how the fuck you mine it? I, it's something to do with a, a sequence of numbers or something that you, you have to get a load of computers to run a sequence. And I haven't got a breeze about it. But like, it's like my computer is a pretty fucking powerful computer, but it's not even, you're not talking that level. You're talking like supercomputers and the amount of energy it takes to power them. 
Yeah, but it's not. It's not even. It's not like. It's not like one. It's like farms full of thousands of them. Like you know, and like, and these places are like located in fucking Russia and Siberia and stuff like that because so they don't have to pay for cooling because to keep the fucking machines cold (laughs) and running and stuff like that, they have to put them in these mad remote locations. But then the amount of power that they fucking use, like, would like power ireland for a fucking year like you know and they're <laughs> and they're burning it in a day mining all these fuck because like when i first started buying bitcoin and ethereum like three years ago four years ago no more like 2017 26 and 2017 like there was probably like 10 or 12 different things now there's like fucking 25 there's 30 like there's fucking loads yeah. sushi yeah. swap near protocol the graph yarn finance side coin Tether fuel, <laughs> Digibyte, Nexon, Bitcoin Go, Stacks, Zijing, Holo, Dicker. This fucking just random <laughs> shite. Basically, there's like for every like Dogecoin, there's like it has given birth to four children. And then for every hash, Bitcoin. There was a cannabis coin at one point. Yeah, it's like it's mental. Like, you know, and they're all like the only ones that are kind of doing big things are like anything to do. There's, there's something called Warp. Bitcoin. I don't know what the fuck that is, but that's like that's for that's the exact same, almost the exact same level that Bitcoin's at. And then there's one called Marker that's four and a half grand, but everything else is a couple of hundred quid or or yeah. less, or like fucking points of euros and stuff like that. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. mental. But like, we're all everybody buys Soya coin. <laughs> point zero, it's point zero three four of a cent. Everybody go buy Sire coin. Let's fucking take this one to the moon, baby. <laughs> Vinny's like influencing shit to freeze. STB coin will make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like literally, you can fucking do it, Rob. Like anybody can fucking start That's one of these I, things. The fella who started the Ethereum coin, just he just made it up one day, and now he's a billionaire because he had enough of it. Yeah, yeah. you're acting like he wasn't a coder. He didn't understand how to do this shit. Yeah. You know, Deutsche coin. <laughs> It's nothing. It was a Come, meme. It started um, as a fucking joke, like you know. It's um, the dog yeah, was a meme, Bitcoin. and still you can make money off it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking. It's, I don't want to. And this mining, right? Where do they mine it from? Where are they are they just going through the ether looking for any little bits of digital currency, and they're I taking it. Got a breeze. I know it's blood. It's something to do with, I know this is gas. It's like <laughs> none of this information, by the way, is usable in any aspect. We don't no, know what we're talking about. Probably a lot of what we're saying is wrong. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, it's to do with the blockchain. So something to do with like if you can access the blockchain or something, you can then extract it. I haven't got a fucking clue. I watched yeah. the documentary about your oh, man who made Bitcoin and oh, everything. I still don't know what it is. Yeah, blocked. Uh, another just before we wrap up because I'm not entirely sure how long we have left. But uh, big, uh, big story um, that's happening in Ireland over the past kind of couple of days, and I think it's coming into effect uh, next year, is minimum pricing, minimum unit pricing on alcohol. Yeah, what's uh, this? It, it's taxing poor people. That's all, that's all it is. Well, like, so so they brought it into Scotland and the amount of, like, alcohol-related deaths went down by, like, 400 people a year. Oh, or, so, or, no, or maybe there was more. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe it was, like, yeah. They, you say they brought it into Scotland. The last time we were in Scotland, we went to a bar where we were getting one euro drinks and that was bars of Corona 
that was fucking. Uh, yeah, was that was that before though? Because like, like when did they bring? Did they only bring this in like last year or the year before? No, because I don't think that was a thing, and that was in place in Scotland. When we were there. It's just it was they were that was promotions. They didn't get. I don't think we're allowed to do promotions now either. So yeah. uh, so what's going on? I, I I really haven't like taken my head off from the computer all day. What what's the story? So. They're the going minimum, to say a unit of alcohol is five, is five quid, and that's the way it is. Like. No, yeah, every ten, introduced minimum any unit 10 of alcohol, gram of alcohol is 10 cents, I think. So the minimum yeah. price on a bottle of vodka or gin will be 22 euro and nine cents. Yeah. Minimum. And like, and like minimum price for a bottle of wine is over seven quid. A can, yeah. like a beer, it has to be over a euro 70. A can of stout. Has to be over uh, a euro sixty six, like you know. Okay. Okay. So, like, so th- this is the thing: is it basically? So, my, my, what the reason why I want to bring it up is like I I don't necessarily disagree with the whole minimum unit pricing thing, you know, because like yeah, I think being able to buy a bottle of vodka for like eight quid or whatever, a tenner, like Tesco on brand or Rachmaninoff or whatever the fuck, I think that's a bit of a, that's mental because like yeah. You are literally like it's cheaper to buy booze than it is to fucking like buy like a can of coke, let's say, or something like that. You know? Yeah. So yeah. like, and I get the whole thing that it's trying to discourage young people from drinking, and then also make it I don't know more expensive for alcoholics or whatever, like, and try to discourage that. But yeah, like, part of me is I'm cool with it. Uh, and then the other part of me is like, right, so at the moment, like, it's whatever, 12 quid for like, or or 12 or 14 quid for like eight cans of Heineken. Is that that all of a sudden going to go up to like 16 or 17? Because that pricing is like, it's less, or, or it's more than 170 a can. Is it, yeah, only well, gonna yeah. all the, is it only going to affect all the cheap end stuff? Or is everything going to be yeah, go up? Yeah, I don't want that to happen. Because if they raise the price of premium beers, people will just go... Nah, fuck, I'll just have eight cans of Tuberg. It's the same price eight cans of Heineken was a while ago. It's not yeah. as nice, but it's grand. And then the ad will go, who, who told you you could raise our prices? Just yeah. charge what we used to charge, yeah. and people still buy our product. Yeah. And then that'll yeah. get rid of all the Tubergs and stuff, because people will just be buying premium beers that are the same prices as what used to be low-brand beers. So yeah. we get rid of the shite. Yeah. Right here, well, like I, I, we can we can come back to this in another podcast because we could definitely go on for a bit longer talking about this. But uh, we got to wrap it up. So thank you very much, everybody, for stopping by and checking out this week's episode of the Shoot Threes podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe and leave an L rating wherever you get your podcast fix from. And uh, yeah, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy. Bye bye. Look. <laughs>